on Thursday mornings when I drive my kids to school, I like to ask them, and it's kind of our routine, uh, what did you learn at church last night? What did you talk about in church last night? And for me, it's always very awesome to hear not only what was taught, but what they took in and what they uh, thought stood out to them. And that's kind of our routine on Thursday mornings. This past Thursday morning, we pulled out of the driveway, and I asked the question, what did you learn at church last night? Uh, Sarah was in the front seat, the two boys were in the back seat, Kel was in the back, and he said, oh, let me answer, let me answer. Uh, I said, okay, and he said, we talked about Christmas, and that it's not that Jesus was born that we celebrate, it is why Jesus was born that we celebrate. And I thought for a second, I said, well, good grief, Kel, uh, is there a difference And he said, yes. And again, he said, it's not that he was born that we celebrate. It's why he was born that we celebrate. And I said, well, what does that mean? And he said, well, lots of people are born. All of us are born. That's really not that big of a deal. But it's how and why that he was born, that he was born as our Savior that matters. Now, remember, this is just a fifth grader. And we we drive along a little bit. And I said, well, what does that mean? What if he wasn't born as our Savior. And he says, we would be in our sin, we would be dead, and we would be going to hell. Sarah was in the front and she laughed and said, well, go tell that to all your fifth grade friends. (laughs) Friends, don't miss that today. See that today. That is a big deal. That is a profound deal. That is a huge thing. It's not that a baby was born. It's not that he was born. Lots of babies are born. It's what he was born as. It was why he was born. That's the thing to get excited about. That's the thing that we celebrate at Christmas. Jesus Christ is our Savior. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. Today, we're going to take a closer look at that fifth grade lesson. Our message today is entitled, Why Was He Born? If that's what we celebrate, again, the the message is entitled, Why Was He Born? We're going to look at our focal verse, Luke chapter 2, verse 11. We're going to look at some other verses this morning as well, but Luke chapter 2, today, verse 11. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word, Luke chapter 2, looking at verse 11. God's word says this, for today in the city of David, there has been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. Listen to that again. The angels declare, for today in the city of David, there has been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come, we're thankful today for you. I'm rejoicing in you this morning. I'm thankful for Uh, the Christmas account that that we have, the, the, the story of where you come as our Savior. And we can understand biblically what that means to have a Savior. And so I praise you for that. I pray today as we have come as your people that we have been wise and that our worship has gone up and that you would know our hearts of love for you. I pray today that, that anything that would hinder us in our worship with you, that would be removed anything that would come between you and us, any sin that you would deal with that, that we would be wise and confess it. And I pray that you would commune with us, that you would interact with us, that you would speak with us 
this morning. I pray that this, this time, this hour, this message would truly be a supernatural interaction with the living God. We come today and I just again praise you and rejoice in you. I pray for some here that need to make decisions, all sorts of them. Pray that you move in their hearts and I pray that you'd be glorified in their decisions. I tell you, I love you and I praise you and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So I said just a minute ago, today this message, this sermon is, is going to be basically an expounding on the fifth grade lesson from Wednesday. Let me just start off and let me say this this morning. A while back, somebody came and they said to me that I bragged too much on our church. And they, they meant that as an insult, I believe. They said, I never brag on Jesus. They're absolutely crazy. But they said, I brag too much on our church. And that upset me. It really did. But you know what I have decided? I have decided that Satan wants you to be disgruntled with your church. That's his plan. I believe Satan wants you to be displeased with your church. That's his plan. I, want, I believe he wants you to be upset with your church. I believe the world today would like for you just to be silent about your church today. Just shut your mouth about your church. Well, you know something today, and I'm going to tell you very plainly. I'm just going to lay it out. I am proud of my church. I am glad for my church. And I am glad and I am proud that we have a youth department and we have a children's department where our kids aren't sitting around coloring pictures of Santa Claus and they're not being taught a bunch of worldly truths that it's, it's better to give than to receive, but rather they're learning that Jesus Christ was born on Christmas as their Savior and they know that's what we celebrate. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that what's being taught is so biblically sound that I can preach on it on Sunday mornings. Now, maybe I had too much coffee, but I'm going to say something else, too. Let me just tell you this. I am still glad that a preacher can be immersed in the Word of God and led by the Spirit of God and can still preach the Word from God. And let me tell you, I didn't buy this on the internet today. God is going to speak to Calvary Baptist Church today. Praise God for our church today. All right, let's get back to work. Let's look at this focal verse today. Now, out of this focal verse, really, we're going to look at a focal word today. Look with me at verse 11 there in chapter 2. It says this For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ. The Lord. Verse 11, the angels come and they tell the shepherds, this is, this is what has happened. This is what is going on. Listen to that again. For today in the city of David, this is what's going on. There has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, when we read that, we, we see a lot of things. It's really a deep verse, a high impact verse. But, but look at that word Savior. Savior. There has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now really, let me just tell you, it is too huge to put that into words. And we could spend hours upon hours trying to get the impact of what it means to have a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
However, I want us today to, to jump back one chapter and I want us to gain some insight on what it truly means to have a Savior. I want us to see from our verses today why he was born. In Luke chapter 1, we have the account really of the miraculous birth of John the Baptist. They were not able to have a child. Uh, they have John the Baptist. It's a miraculous event. The Bible tells us that he is the forerunner of Jesus. He is the one that has been ordained by God to prepare the way for the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, if you remember, I talked about it last week, his dad, Zacharias, due to his doubt, remember, he's doing his priestly duties, and the angel says, you're gonna have a son. Well, due to his doubt, he could not speak during the entire pregnancy of his wife, Elizabeth. Then the Bible tells us that his son is born, and after that, he is again able to speak. Look at chapter one, verse 64. It says this. And at once, his mouth was open and his tongue loosed, and he began to speak in praise of God. Then after that happens, the Bible tells us, recorded there in chapter one, that led by God, he then begins to prophesy about his son, John. This is recorded there starting in verse 67. It says this. And his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying. So, see this. He can't speak due to his doubt. Upon the birth of his son, his mouth is open. He can again speak. And once he speaks, filled with the Holy Spirit, led by God, he prophesies concerning his son. Well, from that speech, I want us to look at some verses that I believe tell us why Jesus come. I believe these verses tell us why he was born, why he came. And from God's word revealed through Zacharias, I believe we see the purpose for a savior who came. Let's look at our verses today. <clears throat> look at verse 76. It says this. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his way. Zacharias, upon looking at his newborn son and now led by the Spirit of God, makes this declaration. And you, child, pointing there at John, you will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his way. Now here we go, moving into the next verses, we're gonna see three things that Christmas brings. Three things that Christmas brings. This is why he was born. Three things that Christmas brings. The first thing is this. Christmas brings the forgiveness of sin. Christmas brings the forgiveness of sin. Look at verse 77. It says, to give his people, God's people, the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. Now that's kind of a deep verse, listen to that again. To give his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. See this, see what Zacharias is saying. This is what John the Baptist will reveal. This is what he's gonna reveal. And that is this, salvation only comes by the forgiveness of sin. 
That's the only way. That's what he's going to reveal. Salvation only comes by the forgiveness of sins. Understand today, good deeds cannot bring salvation. A good lifestyle, as hard as you might try, a good lifestyle cannot bring salvation. Religious practice, religious practice cannot bring salvation. In fact, the Bible's very clear. No human effort can bring salvation. It only occurs through the forgiveness of sin. Very simply here, John the Baptist goes and he declares the need for a savior. That's why he comes. That's his mission as the forerunner. He comes to declare the need for a savior. Very simply, the message of John the Baptist is, if there is no savior, there is no salvation. If there is no savior, there is no salvation. If a savior doesn't come, there's no hope of ever being saved. There's no salvation. So he points to the need for a savior. But he doesn't leave them there hopeless. He doesn't leave them there without any hope. He gives them the knowledge of where it comes. Man, this is good. Listen to this. Verse 78. Because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise from on high will visit us. Listen to that again. That's a pretty deep verse. Because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise from on high will visit us. All right, see this today. First, the forgiveness of our sins, the only way that we're saved, comes from the tender mercy of our God. Do you see how big that is? Do you see that in our verse? The forgiveness of our sins, the only way we're gonna be saved is through the tender mercy provided by the tender mercy of God. Now what that means is this. The first Christmas song was not away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The first Christmas song was not silent night, holy night. When I read this, the first Christmas song was amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Paul says when he writes, for by grace we have been saved. And Zechariah says here, it is because of the tender mercy of God. It is God's grace by which we're saved. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. Now that's awesome. It comes from the tender mercy of our God. It gets better. It says this, with which the sunrise from on high will visit us with which the sunrise from on high will visit us. Now this is talking to us about Jesus. I never, I never really paid much attention to this description of Jesus. Maybe we've missed this description of Jesus. Now he's the day star, Second Peter tells us that. He's the bright and morning star. Revelation chapter 22 says that. He's the light of the world. John chapter eight says that. But here in Luke chapter one, Jesus is the sunrise from on high who visits us. Now connect the dots here. We are only saved by the forgiveness of our sins. But for the forgiveness of our sins, God in his tender mercy God in his grace sends the sunrise from on high, our savior, Jesus. 
Hear that again. We're only saved by the forgiveness of our sins, but for the forgiveness of our sins, God in his tender mercy sends the sunrise from on high, our Savior, Jesus. Why was he born? What do we have in Christmas? We have the forgiveness of our sins. Second thing, what does Christmas bring? What do we have in Christmas? Christmas brings light to the darkness. Light to the darkness. Look at verse 79, the first part of the verse. It says, with which the sunrise from on high will visit us, that's the end of 78, to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. To shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. Of death. Now see the picture that's being painted here. To those who sit in the darkness comes the sunrise from on high. Now be very clear today. In darkness you can't see. In darkness evil rages. In darkness you're stuck in your sin. In, in darkness it is emptiness. In darkness there is no hope. In darkness you're condemned and you're guilty before a holy God. In darkness, think about it, you can't find your way. There is no salvation. There's more description here. And it says not only that, you're sitting in darkness, but also in the shadow of death. In the shadow of of death. That means always looming around you is the reality of death. That means that death looms over you. Understand that. From the very first day that we are born, the very first time that we cry out, and over every day as we live, as we grow as a child, as we live as an adult, as we walk through the pages of our life, looming over us, always looming over us, is the reality of death. We exist in darkness and we await our death. But into that reality, starting on the first Christmas day, the Bible says the sunrise from on high visits us. And when it seems that it's absolutely darkest, when it seems that hope does not exist, when we have been ensnared in our sin, when salvation does not seem possible, when it seems dark all around us, a ray of light then tops the horizon, a beam of sunlight breaks through the clouds, and Jesus, our Savior, is born. That's what that means. I know now, I know now why, why David, his, his great, great, great grandfather, I know why he writes, weeping may last but for a night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. It's talking about the sunrise from on high. It's talking about the coming of Jesus. Why was he born? What does Christmas bring? It brings the forgiveness of sin. It brings light in the darkness. The third thing it does, Christmas brings, this is why he was born, Christmas brings peace with God. Peace with God. Look at the rest of verse 79. I'm gonna go ahead and read the whole verse. It says, to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace to guide our feet into the way of peace. The rest of this verse tells us the sunrise from on high, Jesus visits us, 
the light of the world, Jesus, comes to us as Emmanuel, the Bible says, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Let me show you two things here, two things to grasp. First thing is this. We as sinners, without a Savior, we are enemies of God. Now, we think pretty highly of ourselves, and I don't want to put myself in that category, but I want to tell you, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, outside of our Savior, Jesus Christ, you're not a friend of God. In fact, you're not in neutral standing toward God. No, you're opposed, and we were opposed to God, standing as his enemies. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 says, We were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds. Romans chapter five, verse 10, very plainly says, we were enemies of God. James chapter four, verse four says that if you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. Understand without our savior, we are enemies of God. That's the first thing. Second thing to understand is this. And listen to this very closely. Without peace with God, nothing else matters. Do you understand that? Without peace with God, nothing else matters. And I'll just tell you very honestly today, you cannot have peace in your life if you do not have peace with God. And you, you may look here and you may think, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do these things. You will not have peace in your life. You will not find peace in your life if you do not have first peace with God. Let me tell you something else. You will not have peace in your heart if you do not have peace with God and you'll, you'll have turmoil and you'll have this and, and you'll have this issue and, and your heart won't have peace in it if you're not at peace with God. And I'll tell you something else too. You won't ever be able to find peace with mankind. You won't ever find peace with men if there's not peace with God and you can, you can seek peace and you can have peace treaties but it never lasts. You will not have peace with men if there's not first peace with God. But the good news is this. Jesus was born. And he comes on Christmas Day as our Savior. And through our Savior, we have available peace with God. Why was he born? What does Christmas bring? Christmas brings, our Savior brings the forgiveness of sin. Christmas brings, our Savior brings light to the darkness. Christmas brings, our Savior brings peace with God. All of those things available through a Savior. Now hear the angel's declaration, but maybe hear it in a different understanding. And the angels say, for today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Every Father, we come and I'm thankful that we have a Savior. Thankful we're not looking and we're not trying to earn it. We're not trying to piece together our own salvation. But in Jesus, we have our Savior. I praise you for that. I'm thankful that through a Savior, I have the forgiveness of my sin. Wicked and vile and affront before you, I'm thankful that I have the forgiveness of my sin. I'm thankful that because of, because of my Savior, I can find a light in the darkness and I'm not left to turn around to everything that floats by, but I, I see the light of the gospel. I see the light of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that due to a Savior, I have peace 
with God, a God that I offended, a God that I separated myself from, a God that should give me no second chance, but in his tender mercy provided a Savior that I might have peace with him. I praise you for that. We come today and I pray that you have spoken to us. And I pray that you continue to speak to us. And I pray that it, that it changes our hearts. We would celebrate maybe as never before a Savior who is born, who is Christ the Lord. We come now and I pray for some in this service and, and maybe all of us in some way need to make a decision today. I pray for some that need to find Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior for the first time. I pray that in the preaching and the, the hearing of your word and the drawing of your spirit, that today they might put their faith in Christ. Pray for others here that, that come and maybe we're in the absence of peace or maybe we have issues with this or that or maybe we, we come and we think our sin's too great. I, I pray that we'd have a renewed understanding that it is settled because of our Savior. Help us to have peace in that. Come and I pray that we'd be a church that would point to the gospel, the light, the truth of a Savior. Move in our hearts, move in our midst, remove any hindrance. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.